So I'll add the music and post and it's going to just, it's going to have the same energy. Oh, the intro music. Yeah. And I think no one's going to notice anything different. What? They're not going to listen to them. it and they're not going to think. Why don't we do an acapella version? Falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I, you don't have the music loaded? I got nothing. Right ba, ba, I, ba, I, just, ba, I just got off the phone with my friend because I had 20 minutes to wish him a happy birthday. Mm. So happy but birthday, Winslow. I'm going to add the music in post. Nothing's going to be different. It's going to have the same energy. And here we go. From the ashes of, uh, you know, videos. From the ashes of that weird section of your grocery store that used to rent videos. <laughs> what? Remember those? <laughs> no. It's scraping the vault. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. That's perfect. Is that <laughs> where they put the Starbucks? I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, you just heard Audrey. That's me. I'm Audrey. She knows Starbucks. I worked there for a few years. Oh, did you get oh. to fill us in here in a minute before we introduce Dan? Hi. Well, okay, tell us about Starbucks. Okay, okay. sorry, I interrupted Dan's introduction. I was no, just excited because I remembered. I, I don't know. I made coffee for a friend recently who was coming. Who just came? Who came over for some coffee? At Doesn't matter. The context is important. Isn't important. But what I remembered is how much I like making coffee for people. Mm. And it was, I don't know, I was just uh, re-inspired. Awesome. So <laughs> we're we're here to talk about The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. And because we already gave all the history backstory of 2002 happening. Yeah, let's just, I'm just going to lay it out. Right, Normally, right. I have things ready. Yes. And I take great pride in doing that. I you usually, you know the shtick. I have a song at the end. I don't even have that. My things, I work in the education industry. It's April. You can figure out what's going on. I love the education industry. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I I love it too. It's business. That's really funny. Business of educating people. (laughs) I I operate in repair education, (laughs) which is actually a pretty accurate description so yes i'm sorry everyone i'm gonna try to add wonderful delicious things in post but uh let's just call me a guest today how about that (laughs) joining us from the supreme resort yes Ooh, i I love the differences in the studios here (laughs) uh yeah so the hunchback of notre dame 2 did you guys catch the subtitle uh is it electric boogaloo uh, so close. <laughs> Hold on, let's let me guess. Now, Hunt- it, on Disney Plus, it does not say the subtitle. It is Hunching for Back of Notre Dame Two. Oh, okay. So they're huh? It's only on IMDb where I found. Oh God! The, just to confirm some voice okay. actors that I had. Hold on, of. let me think. An uh, ordinary miracle. Oh God! It's a good one. Okay. Oh, good that is good. not it. It's um, not it. Uh, it should uh, be. Let's see. Let's Quasi's see. day out. <laughs> well, he had a day off in the first one. Quasi Moto's day off, like a oh, Ferris Bueller uh, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you more if you think about more formed, more formed, no. <laughs> because Quasi Moto means yeah. 
half partially form. formed back. Yes. Oh. Um, that's the French translation. Oh, there'll be some French translations in this episode. Oh, bonjour. Oui. Tell you what. But Audrey. <laughs> Je m'appelle Audrey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we shouldn't have done that. Damn, we missed an opportunity. Okay. Uh, it should be called. Uh, an ordinary miracle it absolutely should be or now that you say that that's what it should be because that's you know a theme but that doesn't it's, that's not a title that would sell you think but better right. than hunchback of notre dame 2 the secret of the bell what that's what it's called the secret of the bell I okay mean, this um. and i have theories about the secret of the bell that we'll get into I'm angry at angrier at this yeah. It's it's smart that they did they dropped the subtitle from Disney Plus because I don't think it really because it just doesn't make sense. No, not at all. Um, But I do have a a theory as to why they called it that, which we'll get into. But before we do this, this movie, which do we have any ideas? Do we have any predictions of what it was going to be? I I had none. I do. (laughs) Okay, yours are usually better than mine, so I'll go first. Um, Quasimodo. First of all, keep it take into account my mental state and how ever it just the cracks are showing. Everything's falling <laughs> apart. <laughs> like I'm. I mean, you look, the, you look all right to me. I yeah. I feel a mess. Uh, but thank you. So, <laughs> and I haven't even read these until last night when I watched the movie, and it really says a lot. Quasimodo finds love. There's a kid version of Quasimodo. It tries real hard to not be about disability and not exploitive, but it will fail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that speaks to the education industry. Oh, interesting. I just sort of, I just sort of went down a a tunnel in my brain. It's just like, did you have a bell on a boat when you were doing that? When you were going down that tunnel? A bell on a boat? Hold on, let me get my foley. Oh, hey, spoilers. Anchors away! Sploosh! Fathom below. They'll never find this body in the ocean. <laughs> I splashed do we need to do rain? <laughs> okay, what was I... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just wondering... Uh... It's it's a cartoon and how it is a cartoon. Yeah, so how like how you how uh, uh, the 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 idea of exploitation. I guess I had mm-hmm. up until this point only imagined it for physical, tangible things, but exploitation can exist in a animated form because you're exploiting an image or a concept, but not. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys follow me right I just, now? I just like how I, you're rubbing your eyebrows as, as, as you're rubbing your eyebrows. As you're coming, it's That's like what I'm following. It's I'm, like the eyebrows are divining the answer for you. <laughs> kind of. I, I I think it's called stimming when you like think and you. I don't know. I have like a tiny bit of hair on the back of my knuckles, and sometimes when I'm like lost in thought, like I <laughs> I feel you know, like when I was a kid, I had a baby blanket that I would rub. Uh-huh. The yeah, fabric between like my fingers, uh-huh. and it just helps like that. That feedback helps yeah. you like. Well, I understand that. The feedback loop. Yeah. yeah. 
Where Speak- was I? Who Speaking are we? What, what did you think this movie was about? Oh, that's Wait, right. Before, so I, I think I want to hop on this moment and say, we've been doing this show for a year. Oh, that's right. <laughs> One year anniversary. And, Happy anniversary, everybody. Yeah. And, you we're, know. We're a, we're <laughs> a, a 12-month-old. <laughs> we're in... I think we're all in some level of mental decline because of it. <laughs> That's right. And we and because we have recorded virtually every episode. Well, every episode under a COVID-19 world. We did one a couple episodes a, a teaser and a full episode live in person 20 feet apart from each other outside at a zoo. God, that was special. <laughs> I'm going to re-listen. I'm going to listen to that episode later. Uh, yeah, we should. And so for those of you listening saying, a year, wait a minute. It the first episode the fr- I the heard. Japanese Friendship Garden. That's right. <laughs> and the first episode I heard was in June of 2020. For those of you who are saying that, we started this show as a show called Cash Grab. Oh, and yes. it was released under the Supreme Resort label so go back and check those episodes out they're a lot of fun but we've been doing this for a year and we're going to do it live again in person in july mm-hmm. and Hillhauser might be there it's oh, gonna boy. be great and <laughs> kathy lee <laughs> sure and sultan why not they're I'm all sultan. different they're all different impressions it's gonna That's be right. a real big <laughs> gathering <laughs> So, Audrey, also, what, if, I'm sorry, Jimmy. If you, sorry, if you listen to this show and you don't listen to the Supreme Resort, please tune in <laughs> at least for uh, a part of it. Because recently, Audrey, for your information, oh, yes, we had a contest. It was a March Madness style contest. Snackdown, Smackdown. Snackdown, Smackdown. Mm-hmm. And the winner of the Snackdown, Smackdown gets a cameo from Steve Gutenberg. And we it did actually it. actually happened. And it actually happened. Hold on, this and name Gutenberg. This name certainly rings a bell. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And Could I have he a be new- a bell hop? An elevator? Close. Mm-hmm. There's an elevator there's involved. Elevators. Yeah. There's robots. There are cocoons. There's a baby. And there's two other men. Cocoons? Cocoons. He was and police Prom- and academies. Are you talking about the movie Prometheus? <laughs> no, the movie Cocoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm imagining Steve Gutenberg in Prometheus, and I want yeah. to see this movie. <laughs> and he was in The Tower of Terror. Yes. Oh yes, that's right. Have we seen that Sorry, movie? Steve. Yeah, we have. We watched it. We talked about it. We had a whole Halloween episode. Do you listen to the show? Who? <laughs> I'm trying to find it. There's there's a cameo. Here we of go. course, I a don't cameo. listen to this show while I'm working, just so I can relive the high high highlights, like that that one time we made Jimmy upset. <laughs> which which one? Where time? I cried. <laughs> <laughs> you, all right, you caught me red-handed. I've never listened to this show. Snackdown, Smackdown, <laughs> Jimmy, Eric, Dan, and Christy, they want to congratulate you on all your hard work. Is he at the gym? Great friend. And, yes, uh, at the gym. Yeah. And uh, you love the uh, Grimace from uh, McDonald's. So, uh, <laughs> hey, man, keep being safe like this. And, uh, you put a mask on. It's the gym like I am, I guess. I guess. And uh, I want to congratulate you. You're obviously in the gym a lot. All right, man. Congratulations, David. Oh, James God, I can't. You're obviously in the gym a lot. Like, what is yeah. that about? Well, yeah. I just, why? Hold on, guys. <laughs> Here's why I will never, ever pay for a cameo. Like, <laughs> how do I know this person isn't going to, like, sit down with a nice microphone and, like, some candles and, like, be like, 
thanks so much for your patronage. Hello, so-and-so. Versus, like, some guy who's just, like, taking a shit, like, hey, Grant, <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> well, there's just no way to know. I just, well, I guess I think he's a Steve Gutenberg, you know. And sometimes he's having lunch yeah. with his mom. Sometimes yep. he's at the gym. I just, uh, But I want you to know, Audrey yes. and listener, that I submitted that cameo request <laughs> at 11.50 a.m. <laughs> I got the cameo video at eleven fifty-five a.m. Holy <laughs> guys! Yeah, I appreciate you, that kind of promptness. I take everything also, back. Whatever I said, Steve Gutenberg, you, your cameo is perfect, and I love you. If it is, if perfect. you also want that quick turnaround in your life, you know what to do. Go to cameo. This is Steve Gutenberg, and for a reasonable price, he will give a greeting to anyone you want. Maybe he'll be at the gym. Maybe he'll be having lunch <laughs> with his mom. Maybe he'll That's be, right. you know, killing somebody. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. But it was perfect. It could, I wouldn't have changed a thing. It was awesome. And thank you, Mr. G, the goot, for surprising David. Congratulations, David, on your contest win. Steve Goot. Yeah. do it again next year. Working on his glutes. Oh, <laughs> Glutenberg. Working on being <laughs> Steve Glutenberg. All right. So here's what Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 was supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. The hangover. Or God. Oh, no. The hunchover. Okay. So stay with me. The three gargoyles plus Esmeralda and her baby misplaced Quasimodo on the top of a different cathedral, and they got to find him and bring him back before his quinceanera. <laughs> Hi, Jinx and Sue. Obviously, obviously. Um, I I would watch that movie. (laughs) I mean, you'd maybe that's what the third one's. You'd have the three gargoyles actually vibing a little bit more than they do in this movie. Spoiler alert, because we're gonna get (laughs) into it. But like, I don't know. The the three gargoyles have so much potential. So yeah. I think so. Assuming I can find a trailer, I mean, purchase a trailer, I mean, make a trailer myself, which I do for every one of these. I'm going to put that here. <laughs> and that was the trailer. Oh, yeah. That's, that's really oh, interesting. Wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or how about so, this? Well, I can play the trailer and we can pretend to react to it. Oh, perfect. Okay. That works. Let's, let's assume it's uh, what, 45 seconds is normal? Or you could or you could fool us completely and play a totally different trailer, and we could react to that trailer, and then you could oh, see overlay. now I I wasn't going to do that, but now <laughs> I need to. So okay, here we go. Hey Google. Okay, so it's starting. Ooh, Can you just I really like how they like feed one minute here. Oh, yeah. Look at me like Whoa. I love that classic Disney. An explosion. Look at me like yeah, <laughs> of color. The only thing the world is a carousel of color. Oh, hey, he's from the movie. <gasps> and that person's from the movie, too. Oh, my God. He just put sunglasses on, and he's walking kind of, like, angrily. Cool. Ooh. He's late for his quinceanera. <laughs> oh, I think that's a new character. Are they both smoking cigarettes? <laughs> In a Disney movie? Did Quasimodo just stab a guy? Oh, it's about to get real because he's dug up his safe of guns. And this is this is definitely a new song that they're playing. Aw, the birds are flying in a heart-shaped pattern in the sky. 
wait a minute. It was all a dream sequence. And that's the trailer. Okay, so I need to talk about this. Because I didn't give my my theory, and I, I rarely do, about what I thought this movie was going to be about. Because I have a very serious history with this film. Oh. I think that it is the best musical of the Disney Renaissance. Oh, wow. The way the way they do the music. And not, not this particular one, but the original Hunchback, right? I, yeah, I, I think it, 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 it's actually the most musical. Mus- it's the most stagey of the musicals. And I, I agree with right. you. I, I I really enjoyed this movie and this was when it came out, you know, I mean, Jimmy, you can attest to how completely pretentious and up my own ass I was at that time. Sure, um, sure. And you want me to go into detail? <laughs> I have a, I have a, no I mean, I'd love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do we start? Um, and I remember being in this place where like, well, first of all, Disney was kind of, losing the plot a little bit as my good friend Gordon Ramsay says. Um, mm. But <laughs> this came out. I thought you guys lost touch. Gordon Ramsay. Well, yeah, who? He's, He's a British cook. He has a cameo. Um, <laughs> Does no, he? No, God, that'd be oh. wonderful. <laughs> Calling people donkeys and stuff. Right. <laughs> it's your birthday, you donkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's soon. Yeah. He's not too yeah. far off. Um, and I remember when it came out and I was like, okay, I don't like that they made, they changed the ending, but like, this is a legitimately like well-made like piece of art here. Like the hell's yeah. fire segment. I'm just like, oh, whoa, yeah. this is straight out of the wall. Like heaven's light into hellfire. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's such a well-structured, uh, it's got a lot of like, I guess legitimacy behind it. It's not like right. dun, 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 which is totally what I feared. Except the Jason Alexander part. But well, yeah. I mean, you need something to put in the happy meal. Actually, says at one point in the movie. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I mean, basically. I think maybe Jason Alexander is a scraping the vault all star, and that's where I put the sound. There it goes. Uh, yes, he is. Um, yeah, so Dan, go ahead, finish. Uh, that's pretty much it. All right, yeah. great. So the the thing for me is I worked at Disneyland in the summer of 1997, and it was just for that summer. I grew up going to Disneyland every year. It was a very special place. I always just only wanted to work at Disneyland. And that summer was the the festival of the Hunchback of Notre mm-hmm. Dame back where the big ranch barbecue is, you know, that whole festival arena. And it was just after high school. I just graduated high school and I met my first like love of my life out. like my adult grown up love. She was in the show and I was in, I was like guest control and we met and it was one of those, like we both locked eyes, love at first sight. Like the day we met is still my pin number for my bank account. Oh my. The the date that we met, right? And and like it was just such a transformative relationship. It was short lived, but you know, it's just that first love that you have outside of high school and in real world. And then so I worked that show, the Hunchback show all the time and I had a really strong affiliation with that. And then I would they they sent me to Disneyland Paris for to work for a couple of months. So 
I'm 18 years old. I'm living in France. Like I've never been outside of the country in my life. And I'm living in Paris at Disneyland Paris. I'm living at Disneyland Paris and they have the hunchback parade. They've got like bells in the hub and gargoyles and the, the castle is decorated like hunchback. So this movie, I had so much emotional connection to. So, and I think it's the best musical unrelated to any of that. So this is a very special movie oh, for man. me. So number one, this is the first Scraping the Vault movie that I've been excited to watch. Like I couldn't wait to watch it. <laughs> and I have the least amount of notes of this movie because no I was way. enjoying watching the movie. Oh, really? Because I wanted to know what happened next. You were back in that world. I was, yeah. And it very quickly <laughs> died I'm out I'm so for me. sorry, Jimmy. And since that time, recently, I've, I've discovered someone called Lindsay Ellis, who is a YouTuber. And she did a whole video about the Hunchback and the original book, Notre Dame de Paris from Victor Hugo. And basically every titled character in that book dies. Oh, no. And I didn't realize all of this when, you know, when I watched the Disney movie. So watching this movie where not only did nobody die except Frollo in the first movie, but that all these characters who were dead in the book are like living their lives now. Um, but anyway, I highly recommend that YouTube video from Lindsay Ellis. I think it's entitled Notre Dame de Paris or, or, or all the history of Hunchback. She... All of Lindsay Ellis's stuff is fantastic. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. go ahead and click but... the link in the comments below for the the link That's to the right. YouTube video. <laughs> like, comment, uh, and subscribe, you know, ring things... the bell. And, but honestly, Ring if you do go there and watch her videos and are compelled naturally to comment on her stuff, mention that you got there through us because we would love to, if she's interested, we would love to have her. Did she on do anything? I think she's our oh, did, absolutely. Did she also do stuff on cats? Because I remember yes. talking. Okay. She she All right. Did. And her yeah. video. On- That's how I got introduced to Lizzie. <laughs> I Lizzie thought Ellis her name ringed a bell. Episode. And her video on rent is like my everything. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But anyway, the one thing that I, the, the one takeaway I had was that the Victor Hugo wrote that book about the cathedral as basically a marketing piece to get people to pay attention to the cathedral, huh. which was, you know, how do you, how do you forget to pay book. attention to a cathedral? Hold on. Let me nerd out real Why? quick. I love cathedrals. <laughs> like how freaking cool is that architecture? Like, oh my God, they built them out of rocks. And have you ever read this book? Yeah. Uh, Pillars of the Earth? It's all about building mm-hmm. a cathedral. I recommend I haven't, it. but I have heard the Starship song, We Built This City on Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Not just that's, rocks. Yeah. Rock and roll. <laughs> Little known fact, that song is about Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to fact check me on that. <laughs> and if you want all to right, go so. to the video for We Built the City on Rock and Roll... <laughs> Leave a comment saying, I love Click this. Link I love this that this song is about Notre Dame. I yeah. got here through Scraping the Vault. You'll need to complete a cover letter and submit a resume. <laughs> and then we'll give you a link to our website where you'll uh, complete the application. And in six to eight business weeks, we'll send you the link to <laughs> the video. I'm glad you said business weeks because <laughs> that makes a big difference. <laughs> Uh, all right let's talk about this movie let's talk about this movie okay yeah so for and then we can get into reaction and we'll we'll do the rankings yeah so we hear the preamble of bells as we see the disney logo the classic walt disney 
the, the Sleeping Beauty Castle logo. And we open in the skies high above Paris as we follow two pigeons across the landscape and soaring up to the bells of the Notre Dame. Cathedral. Always start with an you establishing see, shot. It's not the most inventive, shot. but it'll get you right no. where you need to be. It does work. Right. And I and, and speaking of establishing, I like how this establishing shot establishes that. Well, here it establishes something by starting off with really pretty good character design and animation. And then as it goes into town, it just the quality control gets dropped. Yeah, it, really does. Yeah. it gets this real is, sloppy. There's no secret bells. This in the is not yeah. a good looking Disney sequel. I'll just <laughs> no, put it right not. up at the front here. Yeah, it's it's up there with your Cinderella 2s and your... Uh, no, no, no. Cinderella 2 was much better than this. This was like closer to Belle's Magical World. But yeah, a little yeah, bit better. Right. Um, like, But better voice. It was now. like Aladdin and the uh, Jafar's Revenge. Return of Jafar. Return yeah, yeah, of Jafar. Right. It was that yeah. level. Which was the first of yeah. these films that you can listen to on... The cash. I got, I got, I got some hot takes in that direction, but yeah, no, well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get Mm. there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we see the title card. Beautiful font. As yes, as we see up the skirt of one of the bells, (laughs) (laughs) which is evidently it's all covered with ornate crystals and skylights and stuff, which I've never, we've never seen before. This is not in in canon from the first Mm -hmm. movie. And then we cut to the street level with another, by the way, Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 title card, no subtitle. Right. And it's purple. The secret. Well, and the, the jewels and emeralds and diamonds and stuff, they glimmer without a light source. That is true. And the light comes through holes in the top without a light yes. source. So that's the secret of the bell. It's magic. <laughs> and we'll talk about more about that. It too. defies the laws of physics. Yes, <laughs> sure. And I know, I know um, that there's a, a opening, like uh, exposition song at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You convince? Can you convince me that it's not called? You're gonna watch a movie now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's mirroring what happened in the first movie. We, it's Clopin, you know, on the street and. That's the, the Bells of Notre Dame is a phenomenal song, uh-huh. which that guy's the got a vocal range like a mug. The Bells of Notre Dame. <laughs> and he goes like 18 octaves up. So that's what you're hoping for, but that's no. not what we get. Not one bit. Uh, the oh, folks oh, are getting oh, ready oh, for... Oh, I forgot to mention. <laughs> this bell would have looked dank AF if it were CGI. Mm. But it's not. Yeah, I didn't even think about that's it. A, I didn't even notice that. That's a good that. point, actually. The one good case where I wish it was made of CGI. Hmm. Um, so the folks, the town folk are getting ready for their new favorite festival. It's no longer the Festival mm-hmm. of Fools. It is now the Jour d'Amour, which is the Day of Love. And we see all our friends again, guys. There's Clopin, the Quasimodo, mm-hmm. the goat. Bah. Phoebus is there, who seems revolted to see a couple kissing on the altar. And then Esmeralda takes Phoebus into a kiss. And Tom Hulse is back. And Jason Alexander and all the other gargoyles. Like, all the voice talent is back. Everyone yeah, is back. That was, uh, that was definitely a plus for this movie, is having the OG cast. Yep. Um, I don't think I don't think the the... What's his name? The jester? 
I don't think his French accent's that good, but whatever. (laughs) I did a really good French accent in like middle school, high school, because I Mm -hmm. played um, Madame Dubonnet in the musical The Boyfriend. Just a little Mm -hmm. humble brag. Nice. Yeah. Well, this is an arts podcast. so. So it's a terrible musical and... It's pretty pointless, but whatever. <laughs> well, a lot of middle school is like that. <laughs> I'm kind of cool. That's true. <laughs> Where's Asher when I need him? <laughs> right. I, he's taking a but, nap. Damn it. But at the time, at, at the time in middle school, you guys were like convinced you're all going to Broadway. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because it was um, that good. Yeah. I was invited as part of the uh, Washington Thespian Alliance to go to the Fifth Avenue Theater. Um, to accept an award for best ensemble, so Hello. <laughs> you're like kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So everybody's back uh, up in the tower. Mm. We cut to the tower, and the gargoyles are doing their banter yeah. thing, and Quasimodo comes up to join them. Yeah, this it's time to get ready for the festival yeah. now. Mm-hmm. This is the point in the movie, and I realize how early on in this movie that this is. First of all. They really may as well just start these movies with "You're gonna watch a movie now." The song <laughs> "You're gonna watch." We have to write this song because it's just too good. Not that's such a beautiful here's premise. The, here's the thing: is I think, I think this this is changing for me. I think this might be turning into a, like an endurance challenge for me, which I should have known, knowing myself, that when we started doing this podcast, that at some point. It, I would just start to like break as a person. And <laughs> the movies are all merging together now. Yeah. I don't, there's, they're all like, it's, it's basically like, Hey, have you heard about love? Cause it's a concept <laughs> we're going to force down your throat it's all the all time. Like this, it, it's like pink slime from McDonald's that they just <laughs> mold into different characters. Do you remember the third act of Cinderella 2 with uh, uh, Anastasia? She gets and kicked how by a horse? She, she didn't think she could ever, yeah, get kicked by a horse and didn't think she'd ever find yeah. love. This is a 90 minute movie. Oh, yeah. right. I forgot about yeah. that movie because it was terrible. <laughs> Someone falling in love and finding love and going after love is the plot of the movie. Yeah. Don't play the game. <laughs> Just no. don't fall for it. You know what? Disney is trying to sell you something. <laughs> and you're gonna keep buying it, but you don't have to. You don't have to play this game. You just walk away. Just stop. Stop watching their. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're a complete and whole person without your soulmate. How about that? That's true. You don't need someone else to validate you. And and I think that this movie takes a shift in the right direction. It, and it started with Anastasia, where beauty is not external; it's who you are yeah. inside. And the bell is a metaphor for Quasimodo, and it. I oh. think it's kind of borderline brilliant. It, kind how, of. How, how did I miss we'll that it. until just now? Of course it is. It's like. Oh. I, yeah, it's playing on the outside, but all the beauty. I agree with you. That's but actually at the same time of them to do. At the same time, if he would have met and fallen in love with a blind girl, how surprised would you have been? Not at all. And I'm glad, I'm glad he didn't. And they didn't, they didn't shove any of the physical yeah, stuff. They in handled it. They so handled much. it well. But yeah, you're right. They would have done that. They would have done a blind. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just like they did with um, what is that? Uh, with the 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 Fantastic Four with the right, thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I saw that movie. It was a long time ago, but I yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. 
anyway, so time to he says get out the marble and polish the bells. I'm not sure he's talking about what the marble. He's talking about jacking off. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Get out the marble. Just then, a little blonde boy comes to play with Quasimodo in the bell Asher? tower. Asher? It was random. It wasn't he's, Asher. He's sleeping no. off the fruit, the the purple stuff. You're right. I'm sorry. I'll stop yeah. mentioning this uh, really cool kid that I definitely want to meet one day. I, kid. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> So it turns out this little blonde boy is Phoebus and Esmeralda's kid. He definitely got all name... of the blonde <laughs> hair, blue eye jeans. He doesn't look anything like yes, his mother. Yeah, well, nothing like his mother. He's a little, we, you know. We, we have a certain uh, certain audience that we don't want to upset. That <laughs> I've certainly learned a lot about during. We're going to upset people. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, people are gonna get upset no so, matter what you do so you just gotta do that's true you you do you and that's the secret of the In bell the bitches <laughs> <laughs> you do you Ding and dong. his name <laughs> oh that comes up later um in a name rivaling asher his <laughs> name is zephyr uh, that's super millennial like <laughs> yeah and so Esmeralda says, slow down, Zephyr. And it was a cute response. He's up on Quasi's shoulder. And he's like, okay, mom. He's okay, so just a little anachronism or something here. How do these French-ass like, plebeians know about Spanish bullfighting? Yeah, because, that's a good point. Because that's how they're... Yeah, they're curious, doing like, like a... Toro! You know? Yeah, the little... It's Europe. Yeah. They know it because we know it. That's true. Right. Yeah. Well, and they're right next to Spain. Okay. Yeah. I guess I I wasn't I mean, there, so I wouldn't know. I'd probably be dead of some infection from like this, I don't know. I cut my finger. My cat mm. scratched me the other day. I should clip her nails. Cat scratch fever. But yeah, no, no, no. Do you have the cat scratch fever? Uh, I don't know. What are the symptoms? <laughs> okay. Should I get tested? Cat scratch fever. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, this uh, the young child is played by one Haley Joel. No way. Oh, God. No yep. way. It was Haley Joel. He sounded very perfect yep. kid, you know, like. That's a Haley Joel. HJO. Yeah, I forgot about that mm-hmm. time that, like, the world was coming up for reasons to be, for him to be in stuff. He was in a lot. He's in everything. He's he's Forrest Gump's kid. Yeah. He sees dead people. Now, so. He's in Entourage. When you mentioned earlier, Jimmy, what you thought this movie was going to be, I definitely went to Forrest Gump and the whole, like. The scene where Forrest Gump is talking to Jenny's, uh, not not her grave. Maybe it's her grave, but yeah, he's just like he's so smart. He's not at all like me. So like I kind of pictured like, oh, it's Quasimodo's son oh, in in your kid. concept for uh, Hunchback Two would have the child been uh, disfigured the way Quasi is, or just normal. Well, that's what I think the third one. Uh-huh. Oh, there's a third one. Okay. No. Oh, got it. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, got it, got it. <laughs> okay, so they're all standing there admiring La Fidel, which is that big bell with all the jewels mm-hmm. inside. And Esmeralda and Phoebus decide that they are going to yell each other's names at the festival and declare their love for Whatever each other. Whatever you do, and don't yell your ex's name at the festival. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
been there, done that. <laughs> I haven't, but you know, so, it's a joke that everyone might understand. So I'm pandering. I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, so Quasi's looking at them longingly, and then Zephyr asks whose name Quasimodo is going to yell tomorrow, or who's going to yell his name. And Quasimodo doesn't think anyone could love him ever. Why not? Asks Zephyr. And then Esmeralda comes in. They're hanging out inside mm-hmm. the bell, which is inside perfectly lit. Everybody's skin looks mm-hmm. a glow. Yeah. Yes. And so she comes in consolingly and says, it takes more than looking, she says. It's what's inside. Someday you'll be ready. And when you are, you'll find her. And then I think we have this another part of the magic of the bell is that when his face goes into one of the jewels, his little deformed face gets normal. It's like an inverse funhouse mirror. Yeah, which I I don't know. I was confused by that because self-acceptance is about in yeah. my my opinion is that self acceptance is is taking in realistically who you are as a person and how you appear and and appreciating it and coming to terms with it so like to present his idealized self which we all as viewers assume is you know symmetrical and like I thought that was I thought that and was a self acceptance. That's the magic of the bell, Audrey. That's what I'm saying is what he's seeing is not he's seeing what's on the inside. This is what he looks like on the inside. Yeah. And I say that because later on a future named character will look and see what she sees on the inside. It's a Mrs. Pot. So I think that's the magic of the mirror. Of okay. The yeah. But anyway, Quasimodo is doubtful that anyone will ever love him. Been there. And then then we right, and then we cut to a traveling circus that has come to town for the festival d'amour, which is yeah, you know, love fest. <laughs> love fest. It's called the Cirque baby. du the love Cirque fest, du Sarouche. Yeah. <laughs> the Cirque du Sarouche has come to town. Rusted B fifty twos from Athens, Georgia. Uh, the the magician Sarouche. Shows off some tricks and he te- and teases the circus. Yeah. Uh, the elephant that's coming down looks like the model for a boo as an elephant from Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. And then the All rabbit the that he pulls connected. out of the hat. <laughs> I know. And then rabbit that he pulls out of the hat is totally rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. Huh. I think I was well, taking and, notes at that think, point. So and this character that. is if this if Vincent Price played Gaston as a goth. <laughs> he looks like Frollo. He does look honest. like Frollo. He looks like Frollo. But character-wise, it's Michael McKeon is totally doing Vincent Price. Totally, and he it is Michael McKeon is this magician. Um anyway, so as he's promoting the circus, his final trick is the disappearing reappearing woman in a box mm-hmm. thing and it fails. <clears throat> the woman's not there. So he plays it off and disappears and then we cut backstage the magician now sounds like super evil and he demands where is Madeline and what they do in this movie all the time when they reference a character immediately we cut to that that's character. Just good, that's just good so, conventions in movies. That's just good and, storytelling. Uh, foreshadowing. And also he's wearing a sick ass cape with the stripes. I love mm-hmm. that. Oh, he looks cool. He's oily. I yeah. he's he's shaping mm-hmm. up to be a good villain in my book. But we don't know he's a villain yet. I mean, well, obviously you could tell. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, there's that. 
Yeah, he gets I'm, angry. I'm gonna be a I'm a magical magician. He has male <laughs> anger, he, male anger and aggression directed towards a female character. Boom, villain. That's true. Yeah. And we cut to Madeline, who is not in the box. She's in a circus tent performing her high wire trick to herself. She fails, and uh, she's greeted in the shadows by Sharouche, who is, like Dan said, Michael McKeon. He reveals the reason they are there. He wants to steal La Fidelle, which is that jewel-encrusted bell. I love we a heist. Perfectly lit. It will make him rich. Yep. Madeline, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, doesn't understand why they always Jennifer steal. Jennifer Love Hewitt? He tells her. Yeah, it's JL. It's JL Get H. out of town. I thought she sounded good. And the final song, final song is her in the final credits. Wow. Uh, he tells her she has to go up to the bell tower and seduce the bell ringer and he'll tell her everything they need to know to steal the bell. Yeah, you. Madeline is reluctant. You detach the bell. But goes up anyway. Well, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So go ahead, Dan. What? Well, it. So here's the thing about this plot point is that, first of all, it's a giant, heavy bell. It's a huge ass <laughs> bell. This is it, Quasimodo's entire body and probably eight feet. What could it, it. weigh? Like, it like a huge bell. 16 pounds? A metric. It's ton. like, here's this guy. He's going to go just zoink, swipey, just. <laughs> Just I mean, we are, it's casually, made of, well, guys, we know it's made of light because it's lit from within. So it, it, it's, it's weightless. And he's a magician, Dan. Physics yeah. do not Physics don't apply. matter. Here, it, that's, I was going to bring this up later, but that, here's another. Yeah, let's okay. bring it up later. Because we don't, yeah, that's spoilers. So Madeline's reluctant, <laughs> just, but she goes well, up to the tower Just put that anyway. in the parking lot, okay? We're going to put it in a parking lot and visit it later. Yeah, let's, let's park it. Let's park it over here now. We'll write it down, and we'll come back to it. Put it on uh, some so then illuminated the text parchment, because this is France in the oh, 1500s yeah. or something. Speaking of, what have we learned about French culture from Disney movies? Here's what I've learned. They're horny, They're bread, and souffle. You no, know, they have souffle in that's this. What that's what I. True. That's that's the new thing I learned about French culture from this. Movie. Right. Other than that, they're horny. Bread. Jimmy, when you lived in France, what was the greatest culture shock thing that you experienced? Because I would love to hear. Was it, it the horniness or was it the bread? Pick Horny one. baguettes <laughs> and souffle. Uh, you know, the culture shock for me was actually an inverse of of our American stereotype that people are really friendly. Oh, cool. Especially if, especially if you try, like try to speak French and they will work with you. They're, they're friendly. I didn't experience any rude French people, except for when they came up to me in French at their park in Paris and asked me a question in French and I didn't speak French. Mm. Oh, they weren't real happy about that. <laughs> that's their bad, right? <laughs> but that's just, yeah. I mean, if I go to Orlando to try to go to a theme park and ask a question and the cast member doesn't understand me, I'd be pretty irritated. But that's pretty cool, though. Like, people thought you looked French enough to walk up to you and be like, uh, je voudrais... I had a uniform on with me. Oh, I see. I had a cast member name oh, tag. I see. At the park. You said <laughs> so, the park, meaning the capital park. P, not like... No, Disneyland. Rue, yeah. de, so, Rue de Avenue, which is a French street, I imagine, where there's a park. Audrey, yes, is, Rue Disney Avenue. makes a lot of theme parks. Um, there's Disneyland in California, Disney World in Florida, and no way. yeah, Disneyland Paris or Euro Disneyland. 
as it formerly known as. Most of the Disneyland I've experienced is on YouTube. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting you ready. Oh, my mom's calling me. Should I answer it? It's, it's no, no, phone? no. We no, we have a yeah, I'll put her on speaker. We can yeah. cut this out. Wait, I'm not gonna. Hi mom. <laughs> this out let's get back yeah. to the podcast okay okay <laughs> all right i'm ready okay so madeline is reluctant but she goes up to the bell tower anyway now we cut to quasimodo and the gargoyles they're ringing the bell and polishing the bells right they're ringing and polishing <laughs> yeah. and now i'd like to take a little bell. sidebar <laughs> <laughs> the gargoyles are polishing the bell as he's ringing it <laughs> if you know yeah. what i mean uh a little sidebar yeah. A gargoyle versus a grotesque. Oh, yes. The difference between the gargoyles and grotesque is that the gargoyle is grotesque, but it has an additional purpose. And the grotesque is used to decorate the exterior of the building. The gargoyles are made to convey rainwater away from the sides of the buildings and most commonly are situated on the roofs. That is the difference. So when we're calling them gargoyles, they're technically not Another gargoyles. Another reason why cathedrals are so freaking cool. Also, yes. gargoyles are grotesque, but not all grotesques are gargoyles. Flying buttresses. Buttresses. The coolest. Which they talk about. Lindsay Ellis talks about it. It's the first use of flying buttresses. If you have a chance to go to the cathedral, I highly recommend. It's so cool. Refurbished since. Part of oh the- my god, I forgot about that. I have also been places. Good job. <laughs> How's your flying buttress? <laughs> oh, you know, COVID's a little, little heavier, a little <laughs> sloppier, but you know. Tell me about. It. I've got two flying buttresses. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Madeline arrives up in the tower, and Quasimodo hides because he's ashamed of the way he looks. Uh, Jason Alexander shoves him out, and he says. She's talking about bells, and she he says, "Bells, you ding dong." <laughs> oh, oh, ding dong. Um, yeah. See, ding at, dong. At bells. what point in Jason's Jason Alexander's career do you think he was just like, "Yeah, I may as well do it." I think he did this on his couch. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> just absolutely. Literally, he was actually at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Be safe like me, like this. Uh, so they flirt a little and she sees the gargoyles move. So this is this is different. Uh, this intrigues Quasimodo, but he remains in the shadows. He thinks that because she could see the gargoyles move, that means she has imagination. Yeah. <clears throat> she asks him to reveal himself. He does. And she immediately runs away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Quasimodo ashamedly goes to his little model of Paris and he begins to carve a new figure, which is Madeline. Very quickly. Quasi, very quickly. I mean, a couple he's of strokes, a, if you will. Oh my God. He's an accomplished, <clears throat> he's made a little accomplished whittler. He also, he is an if you'll whittler. note, put her in a shorter, skimpier dress than the one that he saw her I noticed the that. first time. Well, I mean, yeah. you gotta be able to, you know... Get some fantasy out of it, you know. Like, it's, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a little more like a Tinkerbell yeah. dress than the one she. By wearing. the way, that was me being comically disgusting, and <laughs> I think my tone is not like. I was about to debate conveying. you on it. I was like, I was yeah, going to no. say if he made her more, uh, you know, attractive, sassy, then why didn't yeah. he make himself like, you know, buff macho man? Well, that one we don't see that That's one. Good point. I'm sure that one. Uh, honestly, that one has to exist. Yeah. Like, yeah, probably. If you're whittling away and making your own <laughs> little world, you've got to. There's got to be one version that he doesn't show to anybody. It's just like, yeah, this is me. I'm. <laughs> I'm picturing uh, spaceballs and Lord Helmet, who has his action figures, <laughs> and he's making them like kiss and stuff. Oh, your helmet! Oh, is Lord so Helmet. Big. So uh, like, there's probably there's probably like a dirty Esmeralda. Like I mean, the guy like uh-huh. uh, Quasimodo gets on Second Life. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> there's being single for long enough. And trust me, I know this to be true from my own life. Being single long enough does something to you. <laughs> mm, I I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Quasimodo asks the gargoyles. If they believe in miracles, like someone who might love him. Mm. And then he sings mm. an ordinary. Oh, he certainly does. The, pr- the proper subtitle yeah. of this film. Um, how many takes do you think they had singing that song? I'm going to say three at the most. Maybe. You're being generous because Tom Hulse is not famously a really good singer, but this is bad. And it's a yeah. Just, it's basically it's. I feel like they they. It's like they wrote it in an afternoon, and he read it, and he was like, "Are you kidding me with this?" They're like, "Yeah, go." All right, let's do it. <laughs> times times do are it wasting, live. Tom. <laughs> um, you know you're not really Amadeus, dude. Just <laughs> go. <laughs> and Amadeus is really famous for the singing. Yeah, uh, I I didn't really just to to break a little bit and talk about the first movie. I never really, I didn't like his vocals in the first movie. It was the, the way no. his vibrato sounds bothers yeah. me. And it's just true for yeah. across the board. Like when people have a really quick vibrato like that, it sounds mm-hmm. very strange to me. Amanda Seyfried is another example. Oh, Famous Rob. It's incredible. I watched fast. that movie, but I don't remember it. Or Sweeney Todd. Was she in Sweeney Todd? Who was she? She was Joanna. No, yeah. no, no, no. Not Amanda Seyfried. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Some other... What was I thinking of? Into the Woods? Maybe. Oh, yeah. that. Um... I, I didn't... Yeah, it wasn't much as... It wasn't as big of a problem in Sweeney Todd for me. No, I thought it was... I thought but, it was But in, in no, Hunchback 2... No, that was not... Yeah, this song is pretty Sorry. lackluster. Oh, I'm thinking Mamma Mia. My uh, bad. Right, yeah. Or maybe the sequel, because there needs to be one. Um, I think that, which Mama, by the way, Mama Mia Mia? by the way, that might be a movie for us to watch. Um, <laughs> I'd be down. In the course of I this song, do. he goes from 
there's no way I will ever find love and this person thinks I'm a monster to right. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go kiss the girl. Yeah, and it was Laverne saying, um, you know, so they're like, go to the circus, have fun. And then one guy's like, What does one wear to a circus? And Quasi's like, nothing. <laughs> and Jason Alexander says, Ooh, daring, but a bit pushy for a first date. <laughs> yeah. Jason Alexander is the horny point, gargoyle. Yeah, grotesque. Sure I mean, because he's from France. Um, so Laverne says you can sit up here and hope for a miracle, or you can get out there and make. That's one. my freaking girl. Yeah, I liked that. I like that lot. advice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Isn't there a song about this, like uh, getting out there? Oh, out there. Nice. Meow, 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 meow. That's where we see Belle in the streets. <laughs> In the first one. Anyway, uh, you're right. What do I wear? And Jason Alexander gets them all dolled up with a cape and a yeah. hat. And the Phoebus family does not approve of this. They don't They don't approve. Yeah, he, he, he may as well have a giant goblet. They just don't goblet. understand fashion. He may as well have a giant goblet that says, like, Fashion's Leia in diamonds. It's about confidence. It is. You know what? And it is. Taking and risks and being brave. Yeah. Like... I think this is when we get to act two. We cut to the circus. It's circus time, guys. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Zephyr, little Zephyr, is thrilled that Phoebus is cons- uh, is thrilled about the circus. But Phoebus is concerned because circus folk are dirty and travel around, you know, like gypsies. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm, someone's mm. sleeping Esmeralda's on the couch tonight. happy about this. <laughs> yep. Couches? What are those? And- well, they know about them <laughs> because we know about them, just like Spain. and Tor- oh, Right. Uh, so, and, as, and then Phoebus is like, where's this Madeline of yours? So what do we do? We cut to Madeline. She, she tells Sarush, you should have seen him. I don't want to do this anymore. And then, so it turns out that the reason she works for Sarush is when she was six years old, she was starving and was caught stealing a few coins. Yeah. So rather than putting her in jail or workhouse, he took her in and took care of her like family. Who does this remind us of, guys? Uh, Olive Garden? Because when you're there, you're like family? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. An the evil person who took, this, who took this outcast in, treated her like family, but really is exploiting her. Uh, Frollo, guys. Frollo. Oh, okay. Frollo from the Oh, first yeah. Movie. See, I definitely know a lot about the first movie because I watched it very recently. Uh <laughs> yeah he even looks like frollo but anyway so his whole person this guy is a lot right yeah the world when he's out in the world he, he looks like a thin made-up man when in reality he has a gut and he's bald nothing wrong and with that. it's all he's a, a freaking drag queen that. and that's why i love him so much as totally. a villain like He's completely snatched. He wears He's a corset. He's narcissistic. Yeah. Like all the things that I think a good villain might have. And he has them. That's He's- right. And in his little dressing room, the the every picture on the wall, the wall is covered with pictures of himself. And there's a second version of it that is just oh mirrors. So he can God. look at himself. Amazing. He has, a good, he has a very good villain character. However, he, he gets ruined for me because... You know, I love a good charlatan. However, mm-hmm. he actually can do magic, which Evidently. is not like 
Yeah, that's dumb. That's dumb. Sorry, he movie. Can, that's he dumb. He can do magic, or he's just super familiar with tunnels. <sighs> I think the movie sells it. Yeah, this movie sells it as both because yeah. he can like yes. he's disappearing. He's making other things disappear. Don't worry, Jimmy. I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> but it's like you don't build this perfect like facade charlatan character and then oh no he is actually magic though maybe he's a gopher do you recall another movie in this series we've done where the villain actually performs magic? wait hold on i almost have it um oh uh, pocahontas pocahontas 2 pocahontas yep. 2 pocahontas oh 2. yeah radigan or whatever his name is he actually performs yeah. magic. that guy he had a cool villain song that he did. Um, all right. So he um, so he tells her, he's like, all you have to do is go and look pretty because that's what she's mm-hmm. good at. And uh, tell Qua- and, and, and be pretty for him, for Quasimodo, and he'll tell you everything you need to know. Uh, this guy's very vain, like we talked mm-hmm. about. His room is now, we push a button, his room is now covered with mirrors. So Madeline has time to reflect. Now, <laughs> reflect and boy does she reflect yes. she looks at herself in the mirror without saying a word looking tormented for 18 solid oh, seconds you timed it. i'm so glad you I did counted. because this movie has a huge problem with transitions it starts oh my god 18 seconds of jennifer love hewitt animated version feeling contemplating or like trying to i mean i guess the show don't tell is is what you're supposed to do See, in these that's things. crazy yes. because in so many ways this movie takes shortcuts like in so many ways mm-hmm. like where yeah. how, how oh, it goes yeah. from quasimodo doubting himself to being like right i'm gonna get out there like in the course of yeah and, and it's and it's not even that magic that musical songs do where it's like i'm sharing a a it's it's it you can feel that that is actually the passing of time like mm-hmm. that that amount of time is what passes and then, and he's just like, yeah, no, okay, I guess she loves me now. But then we have 18 damn seconds. <laughs> and, and just to put it into context, this is hand-drawn animation. Oh, yeah. And 24 images make up one second of film. So that's 432 individual pictures that were they drawn. They did the math. So, Wait, hey. is she I moving through that? A little bit, I- yeah. She's like... Doubting herself. Barely, uh, barely. Yeah. Like mostly the, the camera moves. Uh, yeah. Uh, the camera zooms in on her so they, the animators can get away with not doing as many frames because they're yeah. just, you know. I did notice that in this movie, pan and scan is very, very used. That's the word That's for it. Point. Yeah. So back at the circus, uh, Cirque de Sarouche has begun. There are several tricks that Sarouche comes on stage to perform some magic they bring out an elephant, and they call the elephant La Petite. And by they, which means it's small. two guys. Two men. Two guys carrying Impossible. How can they lift that much? It's magic. All right. It seems that this is all a ruse, though, because while the audience is captivated by his illusions, his circus goons are robbing all of the onlookers. All the, the townsfolk are getting robbed while they're just Which, by the way, his henchmen are wonderfully creepy. They mm-hmm. have, like, these little masks this and thing. stuff. I wonder mm-hmm. if they have like mm-hmm. a 
like if they have a rule between them, like, okay, we can only rob like 20% of this crowd or 5% of this crowd before people catch on and realize, oh, obviously it was because we all went here because, you know, people talk between each other and like, no way I got robbed there too. What the heck? Well, well, they definitely have that conversation later, but they don't make those connections. No, they don't. Cause so then they've got a science to it, you know, that they must have picked certain people. Right. And yeah, this is obviously not their first rodeo. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> so uh, his first big trick is to make La Petite, the elephant, disappear before their very eyes. And he does, guys. Mm. The audience is thrilled. Oof. No one more than Zephyr. Mm. Zephyr, the little boy, Esmeralda's baby. Haley Joel Osment. He wants to join. Haley Joel wants to join the circus now. Uh, and Quasimodo's watching, as, and Madeline's on stage, and he is mesmerized by Madeline. Quasimodo loves and will always be there for Zephyr. Like they transition, like you're saying, Dan, quick transitions for the circus. Now Quasimodo and Zephyr are playing, and he's like, Do you miss me? I don't know what that's about. And he's like, I will love you and I'll always be for there for you. And it's a song. And they sing a song. It's a song. I'd stick with mm-hmm. you. So here's here's where I realized something that about uh, an, an issue that I have generally with musicals, not with all musicals, but it's something that exists across all musicals as a reality. And it's that the, the, the number just has to not be bad. And it will. Yeah. People will kind of, and people will just be like, okay, that was another song. So it, it kind of like these uh, straight to video sequels. It's like the bar is just not be ter- not be blatantly terrible, and people will be like, mm-hmm. okay, I, th- I'll accept that. They're just most of them aren't complete songs, right? They are words put to music, maybe a minute, minute and a half, but there, there's no, there's no. Like I said in the last movie, a musical, it, you you speak the words when you can no longer get the words you're trying to convey. Right. You sing mm-hmm. them, and it carries the plot. Because the emotions too and great. Then when you can't, the emotions too great. So you have to carry the plot forward with music. And and this is expletive, 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 expository. I was yelling expletives while it was going. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so but but he it shows that this monster can love a child and the child can love the monster. And Madeline's watching this whole time mm-hmm. and she sees this kind soul. Maybe he's not such a monster. She and all the fun. Zephyr falls asleep on Quasimodo. This could have falls in love. This could have been the villain. She falls song. in love. Hmm? This could have Ooh. been the villain song. It could have. But instead, they have to do a song about these two characters. Right, Michael McKeon does because sing. they can't do a, a love song he between he, yeah, he sings. COVID, 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 Quasimodo. Oh, <laughs> they can't do a love song between Quasimodo and Madeline for some reason. Because they, right. they yeah, I mean, I they guess. do that with they, uh, 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 Jasmine and Aladdin and Meg and true. Hercules, sort of. Well, this is a this is a this is her chance to see the real him, where she's watching him and she he can't see yeah. her. Yeah, it just um, it feels but, really it feels awkward to me. But that is a good point. What if we were to take like the outward projection of like the words of this song and put it into the villain and Madeline, 
and it's like this weird diabolical like super evil like it's kind of like the mommy's always going to be there for you from the Lion King. <sighs> it's a girl now movie. Rapunzel. Yeah. Oh, that it, sets one a, it sets a weird oh, precedent yeah. that like your words don't always mean what, what you're saying. Right. I suppose. And right. that for a yeah, Disney yeah, yeah. movie is a little, mm, that's pushing it. Right. Well, and like, here's, and this, the, this is the problem I ended up feeling for this movie is like the first one, sets such a high bar in terms of like quality mm-hmm. control and for this one i just feel like they're treating us like we're complete dum-dums because mm-hmm. it's it's not living well, up to any of that it's 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 just no. it wasn't it wasn't terrible this movie isn't terrible i think it is no it's not for, for me it is <clears throat> so here's a, there's a couple of redeeming things and this is one of them um Madeline is now smitten and perhaps in a very clever bit of writing, Quasimodo tells her how great she was up there. And she says she didn't do anything but stand there and look pretty. And Quasimodo points out the fact that she is there to make sure that people are watching what they want them Mm -hmm. to watch and they don't see the trick, which is the subplot that's unfolding before us because that's what she's doing in this movie She's distracting Quasimodo, so he's not seeing the real trick that's happening, which is somebody's stealing. So the writing is pretty solid. I think the writing is solid, Mm. and I like the metaphor of the bell and Quasimodo. You you are making me rethink my position on this, because last night when I watched it, I was kind of like... Don't worry. I don't know. I was just (laughs) feeling really jaded about the whole, like, there's a soulmate out there for you. (laughs) So I kind of tuned out, and I was like, all right, I'm watching this for the for the show. And of course I have, you know, emotional connections and, and, and things that I want to talk about and write about. But like, other than that, I, I'm seeing the, the gems inside of the bell. But see, here's yeah, the thing is the undercarriages. Here, but here's the problem is that he, she's actively refusing to do that thing. Which is what? To distract him. Like she's not, she's not doing it. Well, that's what she's there to do. That's but the point. Her, her. She's choosing not to, but to but right, but but people are complicated, is, but, and like, that's just the way it's happening. Because, like, but she legitimately fell for him, which means that now it's not that anymore. It's still that, though. Whether or not she's doing it intentionally, she's still fulfilling that yeah. role. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. Is, I mean, this is a. They use this plot device pretty often in. Oh yeah, for it's, sure. And there's the, the mistaken thing, like, no, I didn't really yeah. mean to, and I'm different. Yeah, now. But I actually threes. love these you. movies are all three's company. <laughs> That's true, a little bit. A triptych. Um, all right, so <laughs> ah, they flirt a little bit, and Quasimodo asks if she would like to. He would. She would like him to show her the city, which is a oh, they have a beautiful first date, and they both do parkour. Mm-hmm, they do. <laughs> And the town is very, very interested in Quasimodo's love life. Mm -hmm. Also, why is that guy making a souffle at like eight o'clock at night? Because it's France. I just—that's what they do in France (sighs) all day. That's that's what he does. Oh, by the way, you asked me the question. Another surprise is that baguettes, obviously a famous thing. You will never find a baguette that tastes as good as any baguette in France. Like. It doesn't matter. Grocery store, uh, side Jimmy, market. have you been to Trader Joe's? Mm, I, <laughs> I want to eat a baguette. Like, some 
But like just a sandwich du jambon is a baguette with ham and butter, and it's just freaking perfect. It's so good. They have so (laughs) Jimmy at Trader Joe's, they have a wrap that it's it's like a turkey (laughs) dinner in a wrap. Do do your fancy French people have that? Huh? You're not gonna believe this. (laughs) She pulls one up. She's got one. <laughs> McDonald's. What? Oh. Chicken. Uh-huh. You had me at McDonald's. That's gross. Nuggets. Oh. Mm. You know what? Those That's a good too. point. Fresh McDonald's chicken nuggets. There's nothing better. Or McDonald's french fries. We've fallen into the classic trap, which is we record this this episode around dinner time so we're all like kind of hungry <laughs> i'm not i i except those of us right. who are about to i will sorry. be postmating you, wait a minute you don't eat dinner before you go to bed jimmy it's 10 30 time for my yeah. steak diane <laughs> that's what we're doing that's what we do now didn't you know that <laughs> So you were the the whole town is interested in his love life, including Sarush, who is watching all of this flirtation, and he's hanging out with his team, and he collects all of their stealings. And uh, now the townspeople are gathered in town, complaining to Phoebus about all their things being stolen. Phoebus vows to find the robbers and rides off. He thinks to himself, "How will I find them?" And then this happens. Mm-hmm. He says to himself, "Wait, he's on his mm-hmm. horse." Uh, Achilles. He says, wait a minute. The string of robberies starts the minute the circus comes to town. Coincidence? I think not. How many times have I ever been wrong? Yeah. And then the horse whinnies a little yeah. bit and starts tapping his hoof. That it, That is a good joke. That's a good joke. It's, Hilarious. And he said, Achilles, that was a rhetorical oh, question. Oh my god. The best I loved it. gag I thought that in the was movie. Alright, so we cut to Clopin doing a puppet show. This is the same evening. Uh, he's acting out a festival of uh, festival d'amour while Quasi and Madeline watch. And they're they come. To I'm the sorry, place. they're out for a very long time. It's, a it's long almost night. it's almost long enough if one were inclined to steal a bell to go ahead and just steal. But he doesn't know where he it is does yet. Know where it is. Time because flies when you're having soup later. Fun. Later in the movie, <laughs> he's not he's not even asking where it is. He's just. The whole plan is that she will distract him, like she will lure him away. Well, he Sarush says that he needs to look pretty. She needs to look pretty, so he'll tell her everything he needs to know about where the bell is. That's the plot. Yeah, which he just shows her. He doesn't even like tell her about it. He just shows her. He doesn't show her either. He just Sarush figures it out. She's not there. Right. Anyway, well, all the spoilers. So they, <laughs> no they go to the baker and they see <laughs> souffles. They, they, they eat some Oh, souffle. and it's raining and it's like thundering. It's, it and it's a weird raining. kind of like uh, uh, incongruent sort of like happy. Do we get to the long, love song? Yeah. So I'll get okay. there in just a second. So, um, so they eat souffle. He lets her sniff rosemary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes That's her to a tall friend. tower with really good acoustics. And asks her to close her eyes and listen to Paris. He then opens a door <laughs> where they see the city, including <sighs> she hears a gunshot, <laughs> sirens, <laughs> <laughs> just 
tons uh, of yeah. bread being <laughs> being baked. <laughs> Marie, the baguettes, hurry up! I must make uh, another. But she wants to see more. She wants to see more. The so they race across the rooftops. Garlic butter and escargot. Because <laughs> that's French, right? Killing snails. Yeah, people fucking because they're all um, horny. So they, they do the <laughs> they do the parkour. On the rooftops, and the gargoyles watch all of this. And while they watch, they sing. I wish I were making this up. They sing "Fa la la la." Oh my god! So yeah, the That's first the start, of the, of the first thirty seconds of the song, or whatever. I was like, "No, this is slow and not interesting." They got me in the first thirty seconds. I gotta tell yeah. you, because then it really but, it jazzes up into like a full on number. It does jazz up. Oh yeah, it and does. I got excited. But one of the things that Jason Alexander says that something all the gargoyles and gar guys. Yeah, it's pretty cute. It's pretty pretty cute. <laughs> it's kind of cute. Goyle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then it starts to rain. Everybody rejoices, and they all dance in the rain. Like, and then, but it's kind of dark. Alexander- yeah, yeah. If you're Jason Alexander, at what point do you tell your agent, like, you know what? Just you don't need to send me these anymore. No, he 100% wrote that line. He wrote. I don't think he did. Gargoyles. Here's the thing. I don't think he's actually that person. I think that he's no. I think that he's funny and I think that he's, you know, a good comic actor and everything. But I think that like at some point he's just like, okay, I'll play this character in this show and then it gets popular and it's like, okay, well, I've been typecast. And then 10 years later, you're, you know, doing a voice for the actual toy in the Happy Meal. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. and I don't, I don't, it doesn't strike me as like a money grubbing thing. It strikes me as like a genuine, like, like just nice thing. But at some point it's just like, I can I stop being that guy? Like, I want to go back mm. to just being a person. Can he? Mm. But can he though? Well, he, he has. He's dead now. I mean, oh. wait. No, oh. he's not. He's not. Wait. He's fine. Wow. Whoa. He's right here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Starting rumors over here. <laughs> um. All right. So, so what happens is they go to the cathedral. Now it's raining. They go out of the rain. She dries off. And the gargoyles ask, what's the plan? And then she comes out from drying off and sees La Fidel, which means the faithful one. <laughs> it's the bell. As we all know. <laughs> Who's the faithful one? <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so she, so they say about the bell, she's beautiful. But as a metaphor for Quasimodo, she's more beautiful on the inside. <laughs> They look inside the bell, and she sees her reflection, and back to the magic of the bell. What does she see? It's the girl I see (laughs) staring back Mm -hmm. She sees Pocahontas in her reflection. (laughs) And then a bunch of leaves blow around. No, my point is, she sees what's inside, and she sees Sarouche. Yeah, that's her reflection. And the see, it's the <laughs> magic of the bell. So they warm by the fire, and she asks Quasimodo if he really thinks that there is more to her than what we see. Can she offer the world more? And he says he does. That's pretty so. cool. That's beautiful. 
Well, and he says, what, touching. What, what would you say to that? You're like, no, nah, I think that's pretty much face value there. <laughs> no, kind of just not. Yeah. Let's bang. No. <laughs> no. Wanna... <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, guys, no. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 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 oh. There's, there's, there's no way says, any remnant he's... of that can stay in. <laughs> <laughs> He says he's not much to look at. She says he is unlike anyone she's ever met and that he sees the world better than anyone she's ever Mm. met. He gives her the doll that he carved Mm -hmm. of her. And he says, (laughs) now you can always see yourself through my eyes. You can also believe that you're Tinkerbell. She cries. (laughs) That's true. She cries. She excuses herself. But before she does... She kisses Quasimodo I on mean, the forehead. What a super! <laughs> I was gonna say it was just a really tender scene. It was, and here's what I loved: is that he's like he, he's like shocked. He's got this look on his face, and then the gargoyles come around him, and he just like passes out face first. <laughs> it was funny. Like the, it's the it's end cute. of literally the most perfect date I could ever imagine. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, we cut to the next day, uh, the Festival d'Amour, where we see Esmeralda dancing on stage and Zephyr's juggling. Uh, Quasimodo interrupts from backstage. He he needs her help. He needs Esmeralda's help. He's lovesick, mm-hmm. guys. Esmeralda can't help on this one. He has to find out for her for himself. He has to tell her how he feels. Terrifying. Now, right. So Phoebus comes in to announce that the circus people are responsible for all the theft. Zephyr loves the circus and wants to join. And Phoebus says, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Those people. And then Esmeralda's like, those people? She's mad. How can you lump people together? Just like all gypsies aren't criminals, all circus people aren't either. Mm-hmm. He assumes that Madeline is just using Quasimodo to get something else. Because why not, right? And then everybody's mad yeah. at Phoebus. Everybody yeah, yeah. Off. He kind of, he didn't handle it. He's profiling. Tactfully. He's no. clearly, he's the one being oppressed. <laughs> oh, wow. Hot take. It's, frankly, it's racist against him. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Dan's getting canceled. <laughs> um, <laughs> we cut to Madeline. She's practicing her tightrope again. She's not great at tightrope. Slacklining, more like. Uh, I mean, she's yeah. a super millennial. Okay, so we have Zephyr. Which is spelled with a C, and mm-hmm. there's like a PH and a Y, right. and there's Madeline, yep. which is spelled with a Y and an L and an E, um, and she slack lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yep. like 100% millennial. They like to talk, talk about pork rinds and. They do parkour. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is just like super avocado cool toast. and modern. Is that still a thing? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they have avocado toast in France. Is it a, is it a trend there? Oh, probably. I think it probably started there and we just adopted it. Jimmy loves the French. Doubtful. Jimmy and his love so of the anyway, <laughs> Madeline's on her Madeline's on her tightrope, not succeeding, and Sarouche wants to know if she found out where the bell is. She doesn't want she says she doesn't want anything more to do with the She's feeling confident theft. and I love that. Yep. Um and Quasimodo sees something in her that Sarouche doesn't, she says. Sarouche then threatens to hurt Quasimodo if she won't help him. If you don't want him to die, you need to distract him while Sarush and his men steal the bell. Right. So, so again, it's not move. about it's not about where is the bell because she's not going to tell him. 
it's well if you're not going to tell me then you need to distract him while i go get yeah the i'll bell. figure it out it's in the bell this, tower somewhere yeah you're, is, right. you're the, right they were on that like five day long date you're right. <laughs> that's right you're right originally the point was find out what it is where it is so i can steal it but now the point is distract him so i can go yeah, get it because it's it's, out where it's it in that right. building towards the top that's true where all yeah. the bells are. yeah I, yeah <laughs> look for the fancy bell <laughs> So there was a nice animation here. She's dejected. She's on the ground because she fell off the tightrope. Mm-hmm. And she's holding her doll, mm-hmm. right? She's holding it out to see herself the way Quasi sees like her. And he's dejected on the other side. There's a mirror shot of him doing the same thing nice on the ground. Dissolve. Looking at his doll. It was a nice... <laughs> 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 um, but that was nice. So then uh, we cut to Phoebus, who's now accusing Sarouche of theft in his little mirror portrait cave and he denies it at first but then he gets a brilliant idea and says oh you're right but it was madeline who was the culprit she was doing it she's been a thief since she's six years old so now yeah so so he tells phoebus to go out and find her she's out with quasimodo somewhere so go find her now he can steal the bell and the girl gets the blame and phoebus and everybody will be i mean do you blame him he's like pretty quick thinking he's a yeah. mastermind mm-hmm. yeah but now it's a good idea so anyway comedy bears uh <laughs> act three it's a better idea um, than his original plan that's true go find out where it is <laughs> yeah he's adaptive just, just look pretty yeah, it's, yeah. he knows so, how to work his angles he uses tapes to give himself a facelift he wears a corset yeah, he has a hair piece corset. like yeah. ah, hair piece why it wouldn't you he <laughs> loves, he plays with his identity in such a cool way. I am into this villain, except for he doesn't have a villain song. I know I've mentioned it before. Yeah, that's but... true. Well, by the way, best villain song of any Disney movie is Frollo's villain For song. real. I agree. Hellfire. I agree. Hellfire. I am best absolutely watching that movie when we're done here. Totally. I okay. will be asleep. Good night. Um, cut. In advance. <laughs> in advance. <laughs> cut to the street where Madeline finds Quasimodo and he wants to go for a walk, or she wants to go for a walk. Zephyr sees Sarush, who's with his henchmen going to the cathedral, and he's like, I want to join the circus. And then Sarush just like signs one of his juggling mm-hmm. balls. And then Zephyr's like, Whoa, wait, 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 I want to join the circus. He goes after him. And then Sarush and his men are in the, uh, they're now in the bell tower where they find mm-hmm. La Fidelle like immediately. Yeah. And in more metaphor news, he sees the bell, which just on the outside is a normal bell. He's like, Look at this. Ugly what the thing. heck? But then when he sees what's inside, <laughs> it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Which relates to his character. Uh-huh. How? And he wants to Quasimodo. He wants Quasimodo. to oh. he wants to oh, it. consume okay. it. He doesn't appreciate it for its beauty alone. Exactly. He just wants to, he wants to take, take it what's and... inside. Oh okay. Capitalize okay. No, on it. Ah! He's you. a good villain. <laughs> uh back yes, I agree. He, so He's back a good in the villain. streets. He, he, uh, Quasimodo, uh, back in the streets, asked Madeline to go to the festival, but she's so conflicted because she's like, she not, doesn't want to be a part of this thing, but she knows it's happening and she feels bad. She wants to mm-hmm. tell him she's not the person he thinks she is. She's not going to the festival. Damn. Yep. And then we go back to the tower where Sarush steals the bell by doing a spell. Like he magics the thing yeah. out. But we know it's thing. hokey because his two henchmen roll their eyes. Ah, oh, I didn't catch that. yeah. 
The gargoyles then ring the bell to alert Quasimodo. The bell's ringing. He's not there. Something's going on, right? Because he's the bell ringer. Um, and then Phoebus figures out it was Sharush all along and closes off the city. Quasimodo realizes that Madeline was a part of the plan and runs off in tears. By the way, this entire thinks, sequence feels like five minutes and not like in a good way. I think the whole thing, I mean, the whole third act is like. Really uh, yeah, no, I didn't think there was a problem with the pacing here. The pacing issues were more in the front end of the movie for me. Yeah, this just went real fast because everything I'm saying is all like just happened within mm. minutes. So, you know, because now he thinks that she never really cared about him. It's just this whole comedy of errors we've right. dealt with, this whole Three's company, company thing. Triptych. Um, but <laughs> Zephyr has run after Sarush and his men, but the city's locked down, but the circus has gone. They're now down in the catacombs. Nobody thought about the catacombs. They just closed off the city, but they're underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they're about to get away when it's revealed that Zephyr and Jolly, the goat, are stowed away on the boat that's carrying this giant massive bell, mm-hmm. Sarush and his two hinge. Yeah, that they carried it down. The evergreen. Right. Don't get it stuck in the Panama so, Canal. That's right. That's right. That was the uh, Suez. Oh, my bad. Sorry, I was trying to make another. I'm pandering again. <laughs> <laughs> but so they, through all the comedy of errors, they they arrested Madeline because she's all part of it, right? She they think she's she has a good it. alibi she, though. She so, was there with Quasi, like right. she couldn't have physically stolen right. the bell. But Sarush Sarush told Phoebus that she's the one stealing right. everything, so she she got arrested because of that. An accomplice. Right. So we're back in the prison. Madeline in the jail cell tells them that Sarush must have found an underground tunnel, like how they do the disappearing elephant trick. There's always an underground tunnel. But Phoebus thinks she's telling them what Sarush wants her to say. But Esmeralda reminds him that he trusted her and perhaps she should trust Madeline. Esmeralda's on like, she's flipping sides like a pancake on a griddle. <laughs> well, I think she relates to this because, you know, the circus people in this movie are to this movie what the gypsies were to the last movie. And not all gypsies are, oh, evil, yeah. you know, thieving witches. Esmeralda proved oh, that. Right. So, so Madeline is the Esmeralda of this movie. Esmeralda's entire purpose in this movie is basically to be person who knows stuff about love and person who knows stuff about being othered. Yeah, I think probably the latter more than the first, yeah. right? And yeah, person whose right. skin tone isn't consistent. That's true. Also. Just because of the animation yeah. Yeah. Mm. being her, poor. Her, never mind. I won't what, say that. What were you going to say? Nothing. Were you going to say something? Her, her body figure adjusts. Does it? <laughs> Things get larger. Oh, oh really? I didn't notice. <laughs> yes. Her cup size? They're definitely larger than in the first film. Yeah, cup size oh, is my. Bad in this movie. Oh, my. Oh, la. Not that I notice things yeah. like that. <laughs> la, la. <laughs> oh my god! So, uh, so the crew makes their way to the catacombs, and they immediately catch up with Sarush. Uh, he's surrounded by the, the men, by Phoebus's men, but he has Sephir hostage. Damn! So either Sarush kills the boy, or Phoebus. Lets Here's him a guy go. who sees an opportunity and makes the most of it. Like yep. Farouche. Yeah, he he wants. I mean, Sarush, like. He saw this little kid. He could have tossed him away. Just been like, "Get off my Leverage. boat!" But no, the kid realized. The kid was like, "My dad's the police captain," and he was just like, 
you don't say, dang, I just got, (laughs) I don't, this situation just got better for me. Smart guy. Um, almost done. Almost done. So, <laughs> Madeline, are Madeline, you telling us still or in handcuffs? <laughs> <laughs> Madeline, who's still in handcuffs because Phoebus let her come, but as a prisoner because she may know something. Um, she says he he will hurt the boy. Like she knows that he's not lying, and begs Quasimodo to let her free, but Quasimodo doesn't trust her yet. Uh, so Phoebus has no choice. He raises the yeah. gates so that that. Sarouche can escape that scene but where Madeline, uh, quasi angrily climbs the stairs after he realizes that uh, Madeline was using him and then crumples mm-hmm. and starts crying. That, that actually was pretty tragic that yeah, that tugged at my heartstrings. That was like five minutes ago in the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to mention. No, it's good. It was a good moment. Yeah. And he was, um, he was emotionally really broken by it. Oh, he's yeah. like, finally, there's a person who sees me. Doesn't matter what I look like. We get each other, and it turns out she was because he's he's believed he's been told his whole life that nobody could ever yeah. love him Ugh. because of the way he looks. Right. Even Phoebus said it. Like even Phoebus is like, well, she must be using you because why else? You know, would she be nice to you? So this is what he's been conditioned Ugh. to believe. So in yeah. the first opportunity of doubt, he's going to buy it. Like yeah, okay, yeah. There's no way that she really loved me. Yeah, it, it, so it's it a was, shame that no one can say like, look, I know how this looks, but here's what's going on. I refuse to be a part of this from the very beginning. And I we met and I saw basically she's not wrong here. Madeline is no, not wrong not at, at all. all. So no. there's no reason why she can't just say like, look, this is super suspect. I get it. I know why you're but like I do, like I saw you with that kid, and I was like, "This guy's awesome. Let's let's get away from this crap. Like, just let let him have the belt. I don't even care. Like, <sighs> right. yeah. I'm in this for you because you're awesome. It's let's, the attachment theory is- thing, like, or uh, not attachment theory, but like your love languages. Like, if your love language mm-hmm. is not words of affirmation, where it's saying, "I love you." don't believe what this looks like. I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. Then you will never, you'll never just take that for face value because that's just not the way you see and experience love. Whereas like actions or acts of service or blah, 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 you know, like her doing that, whatever thing for him, you know, like being there and spending time, quality time, like that was speaking more volumes than her actual words. Yeah, and and I think Dan, I think part of this is back to kind of your your thing that I'm realizing I get really frustrated about. It's like if I just said this one thing, it would yeah. resolve this entire conflict, yeah. right? And it was and I think she tried mm-hmm, to be fair. Right. I think she she did a good job at saying, "Hey, listen, you make me you're really special and you make me feel special." And she tried to tell him about the whole plot thing, but she just she felt there would be consequences because if she, you know, he would die yeah. basically if you know, anyway, she played the conflict pretty well. Um, but anyway, so she convinces Quasimodo at this point to let her go. He unties her. They run outside to create a tightrope. Yeah. Outside, yeah. right? Yeah. Now she's failed at tightrope the it whole can movie. It never work. It needs um, to be on two solid, no immovable anchors, no not way. one person. She's right. not a skilled tightropist. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but Phoebus has opened the gates and the boat, the bell and the boy are all free from the city. They start floating outside of the gates. Yep. Um, 
outside. They've set up their tightrope. Well, let's just let's just call it Chekhov's tightrope. Chekhov's tightrope. <laughs> Madeline begins her graceful trick. She grabs Zephyr and the guards attack and they are put in prison. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Saroosh says to her, what are you doing here? And she says, standing here. Look, yes. take that. It was that was a pretty moment. great moment. Uh, they all celebrate at the Festival d'Amour. Quasi rings mm-hmm. the bell as couples all protest their love. I bet love. he has bad hearing damage I love... from those bells. <laughs> I bet he does. I bet he does. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. But uh, I love Esmeralda. I love Phoebus. It's cute. Uh, and then there's this weird subplot with Jason Alexander and the goat. <laughs> like, I don't understand that whole thing. There's a romantic. Let's He's like no, lusting no. after yeah, the yeah. goat. Let's not say more about that. I want people to just kind of okay. believe what they want to believe. It gets at the it top gets of the wild. Co- That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> there's some licking and he gets hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Uh. <laughs> He turns to stone. Yeah, I know. I got it. I watched the movie. At the top of the cathedral, Madeline presents Quasimodo with a rose and they kiss. They shout they love each other and they all live happily ever after the end. May we. Bon appétit. Souffle. Rue (laughs) d'Avenue. Champs-Élysées. Rue d'Avenue. Bonjour. Yeah, I hate this movie. Dan! (laughs) Sacre bleu! Sacre bleu! Um, All right, so before we get into the power rankings. Oh, that's my cat. I don't know um, if you can hear that. Yeah. She just ripped up the carpet a little bit. Your episode is over. So you didn't like it. I like this movie. I, I I have fewer notes in this movie because I was enjoying watching it more than I have the others. I gave you the backstory as to why I wanted to know where these characters were going to mm-hmm. go. It played all the tropes that nothing new happened in this, but they really captured metaphor really well. And they captured a little bit more about what it what makes a person. I think they did a good job there. They had some good writing like we talked about. So I believe... This may be my my favorite. What? What? Your favorite? I have some bias. I have right. some bias. Oh, I want so, to okay. So, I don't know if you can. Uh, that's. I I enjoyed it. I. It wasn't the worst Disney sequel. I would not put it at the very top, though. The, the reason I have fewer notes is there were fewer times like, oh, come on. And I had to write mm-hmm. it down. Uh, but again, I had bias. But before we get into that, uh, we're going to have an evening in. <laughs> oh, let me find. I'll and, find something really quick. Just keep going. But okay. I time. But uh, oh, so but the closing credits is a song. I'm going to love you. Subtitle Madeline's song sung by Madeline herself. Jennifer Love. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, listen. To but that. tonight we are going to enjoy Cronenberg. <laughs> 1864 <laughs> is the most sold French beer in the world and the market leader for high end premium wow. beers. It was named after the year the hat, the sorry, the, the hat family, the founders of Cronenberg, first started commercial brewing. 
Cronenberg is the fifth oldest beer brand in the world that still exists today. Its golden hues and delicate bitterness come from selecting the best hops. The Strissensplot is the unique know-how of Cronenberg's master brewers for over 300 years. Strisselspalt is also named the caviar of hops by the expert master brewers around the world for its low bitterness and aromatic qualities. Its specific soil and culture technique requirements makes it rare and quite unique to this Alsace region and Cronenberg recipes. Also, Cronenberg was the first beer I ever got drunk on. Damn. I I was 18 years old living at Disneyland Paris. And they, it was a California-themed event. It was California Dreamin' was the event. And we were brought in because we looked at Isn't California. that the name of a beer? Uh, it's the name of a lot of things. I guess so. You're right. Everything's named after. Uh, beers, there's, yeah. Um, so California Dreamin', and there was a band. There was a family band that were like a Beach Boy cover band kind of thing. And it was a bunch of dudes. And they had a sister. And the sister looked like Gwen Stefani. Huh? And... Yeah. And she was really cute. And I had a roommate at Disneyland Paris. So they were the band for this California event. We were basically guest control. And and she was staying at the Disneyland Hotel. And I was staying at, you know, some random apartment. Anyway, I thought she was super cute. And I had a roommate who was quite literally an underwear model. <laughs> and I was not. <laughs> male <laughs> underwear model? She. Okay. Yeah, he was a male. And an underwear man. He, you know, he's he was beefy. But she thought I was cute, and we went out, and we got drunk on Cronenberg, oh. and I stayed in her hotel room with her. Oh, oh, nothing happened. Escondalo. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, that was Cronenberg's 1864. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? 1664. Sorry. I, I, I. Yeah, I didn't think they drink anything other but wine in France. <laughs> It's actually my favorite Pilsner style lager, whatever. Where can it is. I find it's, it's it really in the US? Good. I think you can find it at most of the uh, Trader Joe's. You can get um No, I'm not a know, Trader Joe's everything that you possibly want. I'm not into that. Trader yeah, Joe's is way overhyped. Come at me, bro. I don't know. I'll just play some All right, what are we eating, Audrey? <laughs> All right, here's what get get ready. I hope your mouth is watering. Is Are a, you is it a wrap with turkey and stuff? No, no, no. Just uh, fasten your seatbelts, fellas. <laughs> We're having oh, it's gonna be so good. You're gonna love it. Hyping it up, <laughs> green, because Madeline and Quasi Trust, both wear yeah, green. That's her like, color. You're having yeah. green. Bell peppers. Ooh. Get it? Because bell. I like it. The bell. Yeah. And also. Are they roasted? No, they're just fresh green. You're going to slice them okay. up. You might. You could probably dip them in some. some Hummus. Hummus or like. You know that. Souffle. That poppy seed dressing. Yeah. Yes. I like that. But green bell peppers are my least favorite pepper. I'm just going to put it out there. It's Me not too. the best pepper. Like if you could choose a red bell pepper over a green, you would, but not this Why time. You? You're having green. And that's the final word. That's good. I like it. Bon appetit. What are we listening to? I got oh, it. Oh, merci. I got it. Hold on. It's a loading. 
Um, I put a lot of thought, on, a thought into it, this. I, as you know, I like to really take a lot of time with these things. Um, uh, I dare you to stick a churro in your oops, butthole. Wrong one. Chicken? Jeez. Oh, Asher woke up. Oh, no. Oh, my God. My, my 11-year-old boyfriend. <laughs> Do you live in Canada? Here's what we're listening to because it's the first thing I found. <laughs> love that song. Hold on. Hold on. This is Nico <laughs> doing the Star Wars. Let's say he's French. Why not? Uh, the connection is um, that someone rang a bell in this the background of the song. So someone rang a bell. They said, ding, ding, ding. Time to record this terrible song. And they all came. And <laughs> this is... Not at all. Just the first thing I saw when I opened up my production music folder. Um, you can ring my You know, there is a Star Wars podcast on this network. Oh, Banter, Beskar, and Banter. And I bet they play this. They, this needs they to do. be their theme song. <laughs> Sorry, I'll try right. harder next so, time. Disco. In, the, in the interest of me going night nights, um, Aladdin and the King of Thieves is currently ranked number one. Mm. King of Thieves or uh, Hunchback 2? King of Thieves. Lion King 2 or Hunchback 2? I, I, I'm going to meet you both at the end of this because I got some things to say. How did we put Lion King 2 so high up? I don't know. Well, Pocahontas remember the two. other movies. <laughs> uh, I've watched them Pocahontas from my memory. Pocahontas 2 or Hunchback 2. Pocahontas Hunchback 2 or Hunchback 2. Exactly. Pocahontas 2. Wow. Yeah, I guess it's, I'm, I'm it's over- a high scorer. It is so here's, pretty well written. Well, but you still have... We, we have... Um, here's... We hold have on. Pooh's Grand I gotta Adventure say things. I, can, I need to say two. things about this. And knowing what you know about me, this won't be a, necessarily a surprise. I think my reaction to this movie also comes out of appreciation and love for the original, but it mm-hmm. so fails to live up to what I love about the original one. It's, it's such. It, it's nothing to do with the original. It is that's such, on you. Your expectations were too great. That's that's fine, but it's like it's it feels like a betrayal because mm. the the mm. the original is it's absolutely a hiring of the standard because honestly, and if think about when the the original came out, when they announced that they were going to make that movie, none of us would have been surprised at the time. If they would have, if there was legitimately a song that where he's like, I got a hunch, it's going to be a great day. Cause that's just, (laughs) How the that's how the company was at that time. You're going to watch a movie that's, now. Yeah. And the fact that the- that's also in the Lindsay Ellis video, she references at the same time or similar time the movie, the TV show, The Critic. Yeah. Yeah. With they they pitched a Hunchback right. musical, and I've got a hunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I oh, so no. like 
And I remember at the time even making that joke legitimately outside of the critic thinking, and this isn't me saying that that's how original I am. I'm not. It's just that that joke was so there for us to take Mm -hmm. because it would not have been surprising. No, that's true. Just like him falling in love with a blind girl. So the fact that they stayed so far away from that. Yeah, the characters don't die or whatever, but like there's such... Uh, the 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 original movie is so well done and so well handled and everything about it is so so artful and like it's a goddamn masterpiece artful is god bless the outcast god save the outcast all of it is just so i mean the gargoyles okay whatever but it's like they're there for the kids but yeah you take out the gargoyles and it's a perfect movie and I'm fine putting the gargoyles in there and keeping it and going like, I get why the gargoyles are there. Okay. So here's, here's this, the next level when yeah. they make the live action remake of Hunchback Notre Dame, because we oh, know gosh, they, they will. will. How yeah. are they going to mess it up? They're going to. They're going to add a bunch. of <laughs> yeah. So, but just to finish the thought, I, this actually goes below bells for me. Wow. Because, because, wow. because it takes this thing that is such a high standard and so well done. The first, the original movie could have been a pile of crap and people would have been like, well, yeah, that's just what Disney's doing now. Mm. And this has none of that left in it. It's just, eh, it's a movie about some characters, you know. So, I appreciate that, but would you rather I would. watch I would. Magical World? Because, than, because at least while I'm watching it, no. I can identify, it, it doesn't feel like a betrayal. It's just like, oh, this is just a, piece, a cheap pile of garbage because that's just what this is. And also, I don't right. really have a strong connection to Beauty and the Beast at all. Like I, I, I've seen the movie. I don't really. It's like whatever. I don't really care. This it's is all fine. very hard to it's swallow. A good movie. I, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a good movie. I I get the appreciation for it, but I've never once watched Beauty and the Beast and gone, yes, this speaks to me. This is a beautiful piece of art. Hunchback does, and this movie is a steaming pile of garbage. Wow. All right. So Dan, we're as, kicking you off the podcast. <laughs> perhaps we're going to override, but the, perhaps the musical selection tonight should be arguably one of the most perfect suites of music in a movie musical, which is Heaven's Light, Hellfire. Ah, uh, yeah. Maybe that's what we yeah. listen to. And I will argue the the to to me the only other more perfect musical suite is the end of the first act of Sweeney Todd. I'll into, take your word for it. It's uh, that's that sounds yeah. accurate. I'm not, you know, you know me in musicals. Like I'm aware of them, but not. I don't listen to them recreationally. It just as a contrast in going in, his arm is complete again. He finds his yeah. razors yeah. and he vows to kill yeah. everyone. And then we transition to Mrs. Lovett talking about baking people into pies, which is a very cheery, happy yeah. song. Incredibly morbid, but just such a perfect balance of each other. Same with Heaven's Light in the yeah. Hellfire. But I'm a anyway. little out of my element here. I'll take your That's word fine. For it. I, I, I'm just really good at I've I've talked to people who know me about musicals enough to know just go like, oh yeah, that yeah, mm-hmm. 
I, if, if you'll indulge me, you don't have to, but the last three songs in the first act of Sweeney Todd, it, it's just one transition after the other. It's pretty women into, oh, that's right. um, yeah, yeah, those those three songs are perfect, and it's such an incredible arc. That sounds right. I, anyway. I, I'm okay indulging you because I just ate a very satisfying meal of green bell peppers. So <laughs> oh, I have right. room for dessert. Right. I I, right, I, I guess for me it's like it's like if you take and I I promise I want to wrap up too, but like it's like if you take that Sweeney Todd thing and you say we're gonna make Sweeney Todd too, and he's opening mm, up supercuts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Oh, I get it. No. I get where you stand oh no. I don't even want to consider I, this, but my mind's already like, oh yeah, here's how it's gonna play out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh all right. So I think we agreed to disagree on this. We'll I, figure I figured out the that would be the case, later. and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um but yeah, so when I said I had fewer notes, you thought it was because yes. I thought the movie yeah. was crap i have fewer notes because i like the yeah movie. and honestly a lot of this comes from that feeling from the very beginning of these movies are blending together for me and well they're repeating the same yeah tropes and i i i think this is turning into an endurance challenge for me which i accept but that means that like i'm probably just i'm i there's a good chance i'm gonna start really really hating these we just have dan we gotta take it one movie at a time i know know. i know Uh, we you can do it i can do it yeah there's no i look look, me snapping and being upset about things is apparently very entertaining for people (laughs) and i i don't mind it i enjoy it so that's fine so this is roughly 14 minutes of your life it's pretty women epiphany a little priest Perfect musical suite, mm-hmm. Sweeney Todd. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I invite you to... Uh, so first of all, I want to talk about... Uh, um, before we leave, I want to talk about Concierge. It is a Disney or theme park travel company. They will help you book your travel needs. Audrey, if you ever decide you want to go to Disneyland... I get closer and closer If you call Concierge... They'll they'll book everything for you. They'll take care of everything for you. They'll tell you what to do. They'll ask you questions. Figure out how to how to book your trip. If you're a, if you're like Dan, you're just going to Disneyland and you just want to buy tickets, do it with them, and then that helps support this show so we can keep the lights on, as they say. Um, but yeah, you know, I and and truth be told, I might be a concierge. Oh. I have a I have a meeting with the the owner of the company tomorrow and. Uh, because I booked a trip for a friend of mine and I had so much fun doing it. I told Eric about it and I may very well be the person that answers the phone when you call concierge, <laughs> which is eight, five, six hour ears, anything you want, just, you know, Could do a you, favor, give it a shot. Only if you, if you do... promise to do it from the gym. <laughs> oh yes. And if you do get Jimmy, when you call, ask him why Selena Gomez isn't there. Show <laughs> that you listen to the, show, the, the hey, podcast. Oh. That's a deep cut. It's Lena Gomez. <laughs> uh, listen to our other shows. It's uh, Supreme Resort, which is a delightful show about the difference between Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, Ears Up podcast, Ears Up in depth, where they go into news banter, Beskar and Bantha Milk, where you're now listening to their theme song. Uh, contact us at Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com, Dan at earsup-podcast.com. Tell us how you feel about this show. We've had some good reviews so far, but we'd like more. 
If you like what you're listening to, just you know, click rate on the little app you're using and uh, write a little note. Just say what you love. Audrey's awesome. No, I'm she's a delight. Not. She's funny. She's a she's a millennial. Stop. Asher she is says cool and real. That I don't understand. Asher is cool and real. <laughs> if you put that in the notes. Also, listen to Spectro Radio. A lot of Epcot 50th anniversary stuff going on right now. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're glad you listened, and until next time. Oh yeah, be kind, be kind, be kind and, and rewind. I slapped my mic right before we started. I don't know how to get that. Alright, and scene. Fresh bait.